Football on Off The Ball. Brought to you by the Boyle Sports app. Cash out and in-play betting available in the App Store and Google Play Store. All right, you're welcome along to the football show. It's transfer deadline day. It's never been less exciting, unfortunately. Kev is here, though. How are you? Oh, it's all good. Do you feel a bit bit Jim White? What was that? (laughs) That was a throwaway comment to me there, Nathan, yeah? Yeah, that's great to have you here. Thanks a lot. Cheers. Great to have you here. Brilliant. Uh, we remember we had Jim White on last year. Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah, that was a that was a good evening. Yeah, that was was that the day after? The day I think after? it was the day after. Yeah, yeah. The he, day was, after. he was just coming down from the high of, yeah. of deadline day. You're lucky to get me tonight. I wanted to do a bit of Skype, didn't I? But you know, JP guilty. JP, JP broke me balls tonight. Basically, Oof. yeah, he did. Honestly, he well, did. listen, if you sign up, to, you agree to something, Kev. The show's different when you're on Skype. The Is dog it? appears. It's hard to concentrate. <laughs> Here, I feel we have your full attention. Right. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. You keep well. Of course, it is the eve of what your forty-second birthday. Forty-third. How do you know that? Forty-second, Nathan. Was that two years ago? We had your little birthday yeah. shindig. It was. Yeah. You know what? If we thought of it, we could have got Mick McCarthy on tonight, under the guise of Kevin's birthday. <laughs> <laughs> and then just got a decent interview out of him yeah. and filled up the football show. I'd like to think Mick now's in a different position and he probably <laughs> he no longer, said, yeah. He no longer has to take the call. Yeah, he'd have been sticking two fingers up to you be, oh, uh, he won't talk uh, to behind you the phone call. Yeah. Media man. Is it? Yeah. Oh, well. No, no, no. Yeah. No. It was Mick's birthday recently as well. Mick's, Mick's, oh. Mick and I, sh- well, Mick's... You should have week. joint birthday parties. No, no, no. Nothing like that. Nothing like that, no. No, it wasn't. Yeah, right. Yeah. So it's all good though. How's, how's things? Has it been very well, yeah. Very yeah. well. All's good. Have you enjoyed deadline day? Not much happening, is there? When, Peter Crouch to Burnley. When has anything happened on deadline day uh, over the last... When, when Andy Carroll went to Liverpool well, for I'm, 35 right, million in, and Fernando Torres went to Chelsea for 50 million. In 10 years, when has anything seriously gone that off? Was, uh, that was in 2011, so... All right, all right, eight years. I, I, I just... It's, it's sort of like we're talking it's nostalgia. Six, we're talking 16 in transfer head, windows in here, transfer head, deadline days. In since. my head, the nostalgic side of... It, it, yeah. it always seems better. Yeah. You're looking back thinking, oh, there was some good nights there. Even, I feel Sky Sports News have toned it down. Oh, yeah. Like, there's not too many dildos <laughs> been waved in people's faces anymore. <laughs> that just doesn't happen. We, need, we needed to get someone on to talk around that, didn't we? Yeah. What was it like to have a sex toy waved in your face and stuck in your ear, mate? Was that, <laughs> how was that? How about that? Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's not what we needed. We didn't need that. No, we didn't need that. <laughs> <laughs> I apologise. Wow. Oh God. Eh? Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You're the one that brought it up. It's been. Fair. Is there anything that's caught your eye on deadline day? So we're going to talk to uh, uh, Luke, Ed- Luke Edwards in a minute about Newcastle because they've actually broken their transfer record to sign Paraguay playmaker Miguel Almiron from yeah. Atlanta United for twenty million. Yeah, they agreed that fee the other night. It was at the game of the night um, against City that that had been agreed. Um, uh, have you watched M- MLS? There's Giovinco's been the one who'd be a high-profile name who scored he's goals. He's the one who stands out. Goals. Yeah. Um, obviously, he, he's the. He wasn't the top scorer in that side. One of the players in their side scored about thirty goals this year. I think he was. Uh, he was from another country. I think South American. But he's 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 got a good a goals record and a good assist record across the course of this season. But I, I I've got to say it it would be a bit of the unknown coming in. I don't know too much about him really. So. It'll be interesting to see how he can adjust to the Premier League. We'll chat to Luke about that in just a moment. So some of the other deals that people may have missed if you're just coming in, as I mentioned, that Peter Crouch is back in the Premier League at the age of 38. Yeah. He is signed for Burnley for the rest of the season. Video, there's a video going around. Wasn't I saw the, we should get the video. Get the video, lads, off the Burnley Twitter page. We'll play it on the football <coughs> show before the end of the show. Yeah, I haven't, I, I haven't actually seen the video yet, uh, but the lads were telling me it's, it's, it's quite comical. We will play you the Peter Crouch signing video before the end of the show. JP's not even listening, but it'll happen. Uh, Leicester have signed uh, Yuri Tielemans 
from yeah. Monaco. What? Sending Adrian Silva on loan to the other way. Uh, Tillemans was one of these players probably a year ago, 18 months ago. Was he if even li- that was very much seen as the hottest property. I was going to say, I'm sure he was linked with Man United at but one was, stage. was, absolutely. And it was seen as a huge coup for Monaco to get him and seen as a good yeah. stepping stone. Adrian Silva was the one that I saw, the, the one you said that before, Leicester to Monaco. And I think he's, he's a player that came into Leicester with a lot of expectation. His shoulders hasn't quite worked mm. out for him. Um, but Dennis yeah. Suarez... Confirmed for <clears throat> Arsenal on loan. <clears throat> yeah, uh, when you, when you see Suarez from Barcelona to Arsenal, I'm sure Arsenal fans are getting excited. Have you about seen that much one. of Dennis Suarez? Yeah, I've seen I've seen quite bits from yeah midfielder. He's I, I don't know if he's going to make too much difference to Arsenal's midfield. Where I does think he play? He's a holding midfielder. So who does he replace? Well, I think he's probably looking at Xhaka and um, it'd be going in direct contact with them, Genduzi and Torreira. It'd be one of those. He can, pl- he can play on the right. He's playing the right a little bit as well within that system as well, but mm. predominantly midfield. I think he has actually played right back as well, so full back, but he's a, he's a midfielder. His position is midfield. Yeah, I think they maybe they're looking at him as something of a wing-back, possibly, if they were to I could try see and that. change system. Yeah. Uh, Wolves have signed Johnny Otto. He's been there already. He's been brilliant this season for them. Signed him permanently from yeah. Atletico Madrid for 15 million. And an end of an era at Old Trafford. Maran Fellaini has gone to China. A deal possibly to keep an eye on. It's not the most exciting thing in the world between now and 11 o'clock. Uh, Michi Bashawi is going to leave Chelsea, it seems. He wants to stay in the Premier League. Could end up at Everton mm. or West Ham. I've been, I've been talking about that for a good while at Everton as well. Everton need a strike. They need a number nine. I'm, I, I still don't think he's going to be that the type of play that Everton need. But if they get crosses into the area, which is something that Everton have probably been lacking at doing when I've been watching them because maybe the distrust of the striker that's been playing there, whoever it's been, whether that's been Richarlison or whether that's been uh, Tosson. So I think I think if they get crosses in, I think his movement's very, very good. It's hold-up play. He's, he's not great with his back to goal. So we'll see. We'll see. But I think they need to free Richarlison up. I think he plays better uh, when he's playing off a number nine position, yeah. I've been lucky enough to get to know the great Luke Edwards over the last few years. Evening, Luke. Evening. And every whoa! I didn't realise it was oh, going to be on full blown Skype. Here. Whoa! I'm here. Whoa! And, 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 I was so th- excited. There's only ever two topics of conversation: the absolute mess that is Brexit, or the absolute yes. mess that is Newcastle United. One is still a mess, but oh. is there signs of positivity I'm, at Newcastle? Can I not talk about Brexit? Is that all right? Did you get your Irish passport yet? No, you haven't. You haven't sponsored me. I'm, I might have to get Kevin to sponsor me. Uh, I, I, I could probably speak to a few more powerful people than Nathan. So yeah, Oof. yeah, maybe yeah, I'll, that yeah. figures. Yeah, right. Well, let, let's not talk about Brexit because it just brings me out in a rash. Um, so uh, yeah. So anyway, Newcastle. Yes. So they've broken uh, their transfer record. <clears throat> we just mentioned them there, Miguel Almiron. Is this actually a reason to be positive for Newcastle? Are there signs that maybe they've something to look forward to? Yeah, I, I think you, you have to take the positives from it. I mean, we're already seeing the kind of pushback a little bit uh, amongst the fan base over here. Um, question marks about whether it is actually a club record transfer and that sort of stuff. But look, he is the player that Rafa Benitez wanted above all else in this transfer window. And for once, probably the first time since 2016, uh, Newcastle have actually gone out and got his his number <coughs> one transfer target. So... I think you have to take the positives from that. I haven't seen a lot of him play. I don't think many people have. Mm. Um, I've seen his highlights reel. Um, he looks fantastic. Mm. Uh, he looks, in theory, when you talk to people who do watch MLS, he's exactly the sort of player that, that Newcastle lack, the sort of dynamic number 10, incredibly quick over the ground. Uh, the president of Atlanta United, in a piece, of, spoke to him this afternoon. He actually compared him to Gareth Bale when he's running with the ball in that he actually seems to be faster with the ball 
than he is without it. So I think he's, in theory, he is sort of the missing link in, in that team in terms of, of the final third. Should work very, very well with Rondon. So look, I'm taking the positives from it. Um, I don't often take the positives from things. As you know, so um, yeah, no, I think it's, I think it is good news. Uh, Luke, he's an attacking player. Um, plays off the, off the wing. Plays as a number ten, as you say. Uh, attacking midfielder, attacking forward. Having watched uh, Newcastle a lot, particularly over over this season, when I've watched them at home, was at the game even against Man City the other night as well. They're not necessarily a side that go and play open and expansive football. No, uh, I'd be the same as you. I don't really know too much of the lad. I've, I've seen I've seen bits of him. I've seen his highlight reels. I've seen the type of play that he would be. In my mind, he doesn't necessarily th- seem like he's a sort of player that's going to fit into a Rafa Benitez Newcastle side. Yeah, I, I, I can see what you say by that, but I think he's. I think that the way the way it's been described to me is, I think he's probably very hardworking. Um, that's another thing that keeps coming out. So I think that does fit into a Rafa Benitez idea of yeah. a number ten. But I think it's his speed. If you look at the way Newcastle play, they try and play on the counter attack, which is what Rafa wants to do, but they're not quick. They've not they've not really got any speed, so it's all very sort of slow and methodical. But they don't they don't break with the pace that they need to really hurt Premier League defenses. So I can see what you're saying, but I think the idea is yeah, yeah. that he he will add some speed to what is otherwise a pretty sluggish front line, really, in terms of speed, both over the ground and with the ball. Yeah, so, no, I, I think that's fair enough. I think when you see that loop there, I think certainly when they sit in so deep, they don't necessarily have serious ball cars at, at carriers. Atsu will be one of them. But yeah, I think that's fair to say. Yeah, so you've you've uh, you've slapped me down a bit there. So fair enough. I'm like yeah. everything, Kevin. They've got Spurs at Wembley on Saturday morning, but then they have a decent enough run of fixtures. Newcastle, if, if nothing else, I guess this signing gives the supporters hope because like, it's been quite striking going up to St James's Park, particularly this season. That there is there doesn't feel like there's a lot of hope. There's no great enthusiasm for all the love of football that there is around the mm-hmm. city. There's just a general sense of, we just want this to end. We just want Ashley gone and we cannot get excited while he's still there. Does this in any way, this signing go in any way to changing that? Like, do, you, do you feel well, first of all, his arrival... All, first of all, it's always lovely to see you, Nathan, whenever whenever you come up to the North East. And I must apologise to Kevin on Tuesday because I was feeling very unwell when I saw him. Uh, and, and oh, no, really... no, you were, you were very nice. You were polite. Well, I was polite, but I, I, I was about to keel over. But anyway... That's Unlike the, Nathan, I, was, I say you were polite. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've, I've strayed. I've strayed here. Um, it's a start. I think that's all we can say it is. Um, and again, I go back to what I said. You have to take the positives from this mm. in that they've broken the transfer record. They've gone out and got the one player that Benitez wanted above any other. But this animosity to, to, to Ashley, and I, I have this argument with people nationally over here, some <laughs> pundits over here, as you might be aware of, try and defend Mike Ashley. Look, this hasn't been going on for one, two mm. years. It's been going on for 12 years. It's not like it. It's not a new phenomenon that people that Newcastle United supporters are upset with the way Mike Ashley runs things. Um, and this has to be the start of of, of, a, of a sea change, really, in terms of if they want to keep Benitez, they've got to get him his first or second choice transfer targets in every window. They can't hide behind cash flow and blah blah. If you sign your contract, look, if Benitez signs his new contract now, which I, I genuinely hope he does, and I think he's got the excuse that he needs now to maybe sign a one-year extension. But I wouldn't commit any longer than that. I think he'll be stupid to. Because he's been let down too often in the past. Sorry, Lou. Is the ill feeling towards Mike Ashley insurmountable now? Can you see the fans turn if there is a bit more investment going into the next transfer window across the summer? Um, Well, it dies down. This is the thing. It does die down. So we've had these like peaks and troughs of... Of, of protests and a lot of anger and boycotts and all that sort of things. And then 
what tends to happen is it, it dies down. So if they were to spend a load of money in the summer, for example, and Benitez signs his new contract, then it would die down again. I mean, some Newcastle supporters, the more militant ones, would not appreciate me saying that. But it will die down again because the, the rank and file Newcastle supporter, it isn't just about, you know, the loyalty to the team is, is incredible and it's unbreakable and it's, and it's so much ingrained into the culture of, of what you do of the weekend on in Newcastle. Whether you, you know, you're, you've got kids... They want to go to the football, they go to the Newcastle game. People just want to go to the match and enjoy it again. So eventually, if he just does the right things, if he keeps Benitez and, you know, they spend, they should be able to spend 70, 80 million in the summer. No problem. If they do that, then it will die down again. And I hope Mike Ashley realises that. I hope he doesn't think that he's, you know, by making one expensive signing, it heals 12 years of wounds. It doesn't, but it has to be a start and he has to start listening to Benitez. And we have to have this idea and Newcastle supporters have, the, have to have this idea that the team want to progress, that the club want to progress, that they don't want to be finishing the bottom half of the table, but they want to start over the next, not, not season, over the next two or three years, start pushing to become a top eight Premier League club again. You've been writing uh, consistently for months now, if not years at this stage, that it, it felt as always heading towards breaking point with Benitez that if the investment didn't come if he didn't get his targets he was going to leave and he may even end up leaving mid-season he could leave over the coming weeks why do you think after everything that's happened over the past couple of years that Mike Ashley's decided now's the time to invest why is he suddenly spending <laughs> 20 million have you yeah, any sense well, of why that has happened <laughs> well you have to look at the context of it he's had a manager who is extremely popular uh, who has reached breaking point and I think he he will have heard from from managing director Lee Charney that he'd reached breaking point. Uh, and they also had the potential, you know, thousands of, of Newcastle supporters openly talking about on social media, on radio phone-ins, um, that they were going to cancel their season tickets. Now, season tickets renewals should be coming in now. I think the club will have seen that they were down and that they were worried about there, there being thousands of empty seats at the stadium next season. And I, I don't think you can underestimate that. Supporters sometimes feel really, really powerless uh, to deal with, with, with bad owners, owners they don't want. But I think what we've seen in the context of both the manager and the supporters threatening to walk away, I think it's forced Mike Ashby's hand. And as I keep saying, he ha this has to be the start of something. It isn't just a one-off, we're going to go and spend £21 million on one player to, to, to shut everybody up. This has got to be the start of it. It will be their third season in the Premier League if they stay up next season. And they should be. They should be financially stable to, to actually start spending a lot more money on players. He's not their only signing today, Amiron. They also signed Antonio Barreca on loan from Monaco. He's a 23-year-old former Italy under-21 international, plays at left-back. It's been a bit of a problem position for them all season. They were playing Javier Manquillo, who's never really looked like a Premier League footballer, playing Matt <laughs> Ritchie as a wing-back. Is he someone who can go straight into the side for the second half of the season? Uh, he's hardly played for Monaco, unfortunately. He was very highly rated at Torino, um, which is why Monaco signed him. Um, one of the one of the sort of bright prospects in Italian football. I mean, Monaco, as you will know, we've had a, a terrible season, and he, he couldn't get into a struggling team. I don't know the reasons for that. I would suspect he's pretty short on match fitness, match sharpness. I think they'll ease him in. I suspect he will be involved against Tottenham at the weekend, but probably on the bench. And I don't think there's any chance Almiron, Almiron will play because he's got to go and do some formality about collecting his, his visa, because uh, obviously he's from Paraguay, so I think he's got to go and, and do all that sort of stuff and hasn't been signed in time. Uh, again, th this, is a, this is a position that Benitez desperately wanted to fill in this window. Mm. 
that position has been filled. Whether Bereka is his first choice target in that position, I think is another matter entirely. So is, is Amaron basically re- more than likely a replacement for Yosi Perez? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that that, like that would like. be. That would be the yeah. He'll play instead of Perez. And actually, Perez is hit and miss. He, he gets a bit of grief actually. Um, some of it unfair. Um, he's just very very hit and miss. And unfortunately, he's one of those players that when he arrived from from Tenerife, uh, I think it's four years ago now. Uh, certainly three years ago, he's not really kicked on at all. And if he was going to kick on, you'd have thought of any manager who was going to do it would be sort of his fellow Spaniard, Benitez. And yeah. he hasn't really. And I just don't think he can be first choice number 10 for a Premier League club that wants to, you know, got designs <laughs> on eventually finishing in the top half of the table. Yeah, well, was it? Two million quid from Tenerife. It was a very uh, Mike That's Ashley right, yeah. signing. Yeah. Just yeah. then, if Benitez <coughs> agrees to stay, if he extends his contract on the ownership situation, I, I know... You wrote from very early on that you never really felt this Amanda Staveley venture capitalist fund was was a real thing. Where is it now in terms of the takeover? Are, are there interested parties? Is, is it something that it's, could still happen? It could still happen, but it's not going to happen now. Um, I, I think you'll be looking at if anything's going to happen. I suppose if Newcastle pulled sort of 12 points clear of relegation by the end of March, start of April, then, then maybe people are coming. I think that... There's an interest there. There is genuine interest there, but nobody seems to be able to get the money together. Is it overpriced? Well, maybe, but, you know, Mike Ashley has the right to set the price that he wants to sell. And until anyone matches that asking price, he's not going to sell. My worry is that actually if they stay up, uh, he'll actually put the price back up again in the in the summer, which, again, will deter people. It, it's if we seem to go around in this circle. One day it's going to happen. I mean, one day it is going to happen. And as I always say about these things, we won't get a sniff of it when it does. It will just happen. All the all the really successful football club takeovers just happen. You don't get whispers in the press. You don't get the owner giving an interview on television saying he's in advanced talks. It just doesn't work like that. They just happen. That, that, that's the way these things these these things go through. Ninety seven minutes to go until the transfer window shuts. You're Thank a proper journalist, Luke. Proper journalist, you have your contacts. Go on, give us a little something. Some crumbs, a uh, little bit of speculation, something that might happen. What are you hearing? Nothing. No, I'm sorry. I, I'm, you know, I did this as a favour to you. I've just had a curry. Um, <laughs> I've opened a bottle of wine. I did this as a favour to you, Nathan. That I came on and had a chat with you. I've switched off. I'm, I've down tools. I've had a wow. very stressful three or four days. I'm ready to relax. I'm ready for Gibraltar in March. We're all ready for Gibraltar in March. We cannot wait. Right. I've done it as a favour for you tonight as well. I wanted to crack open a <laughs> bottle of wine at home as well. And you do, you do know we say... pay you for this. Don't put, put Luke down before he starts complaining about not getting paid. <laughs> <laughs> Luke's you, one of the lucky you, ones. Luke is now going to get do, straight into Gibraltar. We're going to be held up for about eight hours at immigration control. Yeah. Going you're, 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 you're giving you the visas going through. It's going to get bombarded by me now. I think you owe me for about five appearances. Well, I don't, I'm don't, don't. record. Five, speak five, to, speak five, to JP. Speak to JP. Yeah, I'm going to. Luke, thanks as always. Enjoy the curry. Enjoy the wine. Thank you very much. See you soon. Take care, guys. Uh, Luke Edwards there from The Telegraph. So Newcastle United, the big spenders, who would believe it? Uh, £20 million, they reckon, in or around to sign Miguel Almiron from MLS side Atlanta United. Sort of a landmark day, they feel, for the MLS as well, that they're getting that sort of fee and being able to demand that sort of fee. Double figures for goals and assists. Yeah, it's wrong at at times. Well, I, I I have seen bits of him, but it's still... That uncertainty of MLS players coming into the Premier League, there aren't many that have actually made the transformation and done well with it. Over the years, there haven't been. They've been the, they've been the exception, and even lads that have come in on loan, Landon Donovan and uh, one or two others that did quite well at Everton, but not necessarily really 
nailing down a, a brilliant career. Um, in the, so we'll, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. It's a lot of pressure yeah. on coming. I think it's still hard to judge. And I find myself some Sunday nights when you get back from England. There's an MLS game on, and you'll sit be down the same. and you watch it, and it's very entertaining. They don't have a huge emphasis on defence ever, it seems, that they seem to spend most of their budget on yeah. attacking players. That's probably the one concern you would have with Almiron, that he's going to face teams yeah. that are just desperately trying to survive, I, that, that aren't going to give him a space, that are going to kick the living daylights out of him. That's the most noticeable thing when I've watched MLS as well, how, how poor defensively they are. Mm. Just li literally letting runners go off them. No, no one prepared to go out to players when they're about in... Uh, when they're in um, you know, close proximity of, of the of the penalty area to take shots. It, it's there's it a free will at that. So, uh, yeah, I I don't know. Um, I I think it's it's still it's still a big call. It's still a big call. But you would hope, generally, we would hope, given his record and given what he's yeah. done, dub, almost double figures season before last, double figures in both um, goals and assists last year. So hopefully, yeah. Uh, they're currently five points clear of the relegation zone, Newcastle. And listen, it's a positive they're spending that money. The main positive is that that may well be enough to get Rafa Benitez. To commit to another year, yeah, and yeah. at least stay till the summer, because from reading Luke and some of the other journalists who are very well connected up there, it seemed even with the win over Manchester City that Benitez still wasn't convinced that he would stay till the end of the season, which would just be yeah, yeah, an absolute disaster. I think I think that was probably just after the game, particularly after a good result like that as well. You're in a bit of a position of power, I suppose, so you can put a bit more. Uh, 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 pressure on the board, you can force the issue a little bit, really, and that's just made them. I know this deal was agreed, and but it's still not necessarily going to get it over the line. He's made sure this deal got over the line, and he's made sure that the, the other signing's gone in with him. One of the more interesting stories that might actually happen over the next 90 minutes, and it could have an effect on an Irish player, is what's going on with Everton and Idrissa Gay. Uh, Paul Joyce, uh, Merseyside journalist, is reporting that Paris Saint-Germain <coughs> have bid £26 million for Idrissa Gay, but that Everton have turned it down. What do you think about that? I Everton paid seven, I think, for him. I don't care. £26 million is nothing. I know it's nothing, but... For a player who... Well, uh, maybe, uh, again, part of this is part of the issue, I guess, that clubs face right now. Idrissa Gay, I thought, was excellent for Everton for a good chunk of the first season. Seemed to develop, our first half of this season, seemed to develop a bit of a relationship with Andre Gomez. Was dropped over the Christmas, got injured, I think. Hasn't really got back in. They've been looking at Tom Davies, who was man yeah. of the match at the weekend. They're looking at our options. So if Silva doesn't fancy him, do you take the money? But then is Silva going to be there in the summer? And are you looking... Like, 26 million gets you nothing now. I can't believe that PSG are in for him. That's my honest opinion. Now, if, if, if PSG are in for him, you, you're looking at it maybe from Everton's... Is it like Thomas Gravison going to Real Madrid? Well, I know. Well, Thomas Gravison was a fantastic footballer. He was. He's way. He's, he's head and shoulders above Idrissa Gay as a footballer. So that's the surprising thing to me with with the deal for Idrissa Gay. But they they probably see him as going in to be that little bit of bite in midfield, holding midfielder, get it, give it, and and get the best out that the attacking players in that side. But the one thing you always find when you look at Idrissa Gay is if you look at the metrics and the statistics. He is second in pretty much every yeah, yeah. defensive midfielder statistics, blocks, interceptions, tackles, ground covered to N'Golo Kante. Yeah, it's true. It's true. So maybe he's not quite. He's, he's, he's nowhere near Kante's level. But for twenty-six million quid, I don't. Do a I, job I, for you. I, I, yeah, maybe, maybe. I, I don't know. I just. I think at the level that you're expecting a Gay to go to, if he, if it's, it's it's not going to be about winning the league. We know that it's about Champions League. So. I understand it from Everton's side, saying, well, I'll tell you what, then give us 35. I, I, if he gets anywhere near 30, if I'm Everton, I'd be thinking, yeah, thanks very much. I think, I think you'll get a better midfielder for what Everton are looking for now, for how the football they're trying to play. Mm. I think they'll get a better midfielder than Drissa Gay in the region of 30, 35 million. And I guess if they're thinking of keeping Andre Gomez, 
after the summer. Maybe that's 30 million that yeah. goes towards another 30 million to keeping him from Barcelona. How that does affect an Irish player is that there was speculation earlier today that James McCarthy yeah, might sorry. go to Crystal Palace on loan. It seems that if... There's talk it, of West Brom with him as well. Actually, if Idrissa so. Gay goes to Paris Saint-Germain, McCarthy definitely won't be going. Now, maybe it all ends up going too late and that yeah. Idrissa Gay stays and McCarthy stays, which is probably the worst possible scenario, and he ends up in some sort of no-man's land. Can he go on loan? No. I don't no, think so. No, they, they, were trying to, they were trying to change it all around, weren't they? Mm. Um, but no, I don't know. They're definitely not Premier League, no. So we'll keep an eye on that uh, between now and 10 o'clock. As I said, Peter Crouch is back in the Premier League. There's a couple 38, further down. 38, we have the video, Kev. This is how he was oh. unveiled by Burnley. People who are just listening on the radio, what we have is a is a robot, a toy robot outside the uh, Burnley training ground, slowly making its way into the sports science department. Oh, ball has just knocked it over in comedic fashion by Peter Crouch. Crouch is a claret is the hashtag. Wow. Have you seen it? Have you re- have you listened to his podcast? I have listened to a couple of the episodes. One of the editions in his podcast is talking about new signings, and he's saying, "What's all this rubbish about all these videos when you sign for a new club and all this sort of thing?" So he's he's uh, he's sold out a bit there. Really. I saw John Walters welcoming him on Twitter as well with a uh, picture of the deep heat that it's yeah. ready and waiting. John Walters gets a lot of mentions in uh, Peter Crouch's oh, podcast, yeah? so yeah, they seem very close. We should get John Walters and Peter Crouch on the show together. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd like to get I'd like to get big uh, big Crouchy on here. Good lad. Did you play against them much? Yeah, quite a lot, yeah. Good feet for a big man? My first experience of Peter Crouchler was in a nightclub in Birmingham just after I'd signed for Sunderland. So I just moved to Sunderland and he was at Villa. And uh, yeah, that was my first first encounter with Peter Croucher. And tell us more of your first encounter with Peter Crouch at the nightclub in Birmingham. When do we go to a break? Well, are you going to run it past me and then tell the listeners? Because that's just not fair. You can't do that. That's just poor. You have this brilliant story that you're about to tell. Ah, uh, no, I can't. So give, a, give a clean version. Should I give a Kenny one? Should I give a Kenny? No, we, we were... Uh, uh, Peter Crouch was drinking white wine. Yeah. That's uh, acceptable. That's yeah, that's acceptable, yeah. As a wine drinker myself, what's wrong with that? No, I'm just saying. That's okay. a, that's, it was a great story. You need story. to give more. Great Peter Crouch was drinking white wine is not enough. Right, what we'll do is... Uh, <laughs> JP was wondering, was it out of somebody's belly button? <laughs> no, 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 it wasn't. It wasn't anything like that, no. All right. Uh, I think what we will do is take a quick break. I will try and somehow drag this out of Kevin and put together a version that is acceptable for air and give you the best of it after this ad break. Football on Off The Ball. Brought to you by the Boyle Sports app. Cash out and in-play betting available in the App Store and Google Play Store. Welcome back to the football show. Kev is in studio. Uh, the Bad Elf is watching on YouTube. Good evening to you, The Bad Elf. Player transfers were far more exciting when we didn't know who every professional footballer was. <laughs> Which is very common. Yeah, it is, yeah, it is. You could dream. You could imagine. You could... Even now, you can still watch the YouTube videos and see their best bits. Yeah, what? there was some... Do you know... Um, it, well, we video you know. We go back to the days of Rubinho and City were, like, pulling out these signings from Norway when mm. they first had the money and things like that. But... I think there was something a little bit special about the transfer deadline day when it first started. When there was names coming in from a South American lad who'd scored 25 goals in a season, whatever it would be, he seemed a bit bit more just special, that, didn't it? Just had a lad who was in double figures in the MLS. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, none of us know anything about him. Yeah. 
Well, all dreaming. There might be a reason for that, though, might there? That's the Ooh, thing. Well, we'll find out. Yeah. I, c- I can't believe that about Peter Crouch. That's. I know. Well, there you that's, go. Jeez, that's sensational. There you go. Honestly, you, you most certainly cannot yeah. say that in there. Like, wow. Yeah, we'll leave that. We'll leave it. Uh, transfer deadline day. A question in. Uh, we're live on all our social channels, by the way, so you can watch. Probably Thursday evening. How <coughs> much would Kevin Coban cost in today's market? Get your text in five three one zero six. Let us know on Twitter. So, what what was the highest transfer fee you ever went for? Um, you moved on deadline day. You went from Sunderland to Everton in two thousand and three. Well, I become I become West Brom's first million pound player. Um, so that was what ninety seven. Then I went regular Trevor Francis. Yeah, and I become set Sunderland's second ever uh, highest signing into the Premier League. That was two and a half, I think. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I think I think so you went for two and a half at some stage. Was that what did you go from Sunderland uh, uh, to Everton for? Um, a million. I was out of contract. I was out of contract. But then I moved to Wigan for. T- 2.8, I think Oof. it was, something like that. But no, it wasn't that though, but it was just, it, it, we know that the, the, the transfer market shifted unbelievably now, isn't it? So it, it, it has, it has shifted. Do you think, would you go for 10 million? Oh, th- I'd probably, realistically, I'd, I'd probably say more without being without being too big headed on that one. If you think you look at the way that the market has shifted, um, players coming out of the championship, if you're the best player in the championship or one of the best players that's around that league, you're moving for 15, 20 million, aren't you? I'm not saying, but it is. I think that realistically, it is. That's the way that the, the market has shifted, hasn't it? So somewhere between fifteen and twenty million. I don't know. I don't know. You sound like an absolute knobhead for saying that, though, don't you? But yeah, yeah, you do. But I don't know. I don't know. Fifteen million. Yeah. I don't like know. when you think about that. I don't know. When you think about that deeply, I don't know. sitting there, even two point eight million. Think how much money two point eight million is, and someone paid that for you. <laughs> I don't mean that in an crazy, insulting way. Crazy. It's just yeah. absolutely crazy club. Ridiculous. No, it is. It, it's, it's, I think I think the market itself, even even then, when it starts to shift, doesn't it? I remember when when I was when I was a kid growing up, and, and Preston North End broke the transfer record. And they paid about five grand or something for a player or something stupid, whatever it was, and they paid fifty grand or whatever it was. It was just the, the way that it's gone in thirty years. It's just unreal. It is unbelievable. Yeah, I see you laughing there. So someone's there. Kev's yeah. got to be worth twenty-five million in today's money. However, the United Ireland comments might make him a latter-day James McLean. Should that not be an early-day James McLean? Latter-day yeah. James McLean. Potential issues of popularity among the fan base from Tom. Yeah. So you would have had to consider that you might be ruling yourself out of potential moves. Yeah, but I think when I went through my career, though, you went through your career. I, I was it was seeing footage of me the other day. Well, I was known as Kevin Kilbane when I when I first broke into the side, wasn't I? Yeah, very uh, very. Anglicised name, wasn't it? At that Into stage? the Ireland team, did people call you Kilbane? No, 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 no. When I was Went at Preston, the... was at Preston, yeah. There was, there was an old story. When you were in school, did people call you Kilban or Kilbane? Kilban, yeah, yeah. My mum went up when I was in primary school. I think when I was four, five years <laughs> Stormed old. Stormed in. <laughs> yeah. It, Listen, it, it was a bit of that. It was a bit of that. Uh, so, but there was a story going around that my uh, that my granny had rang the local radio station when I was at Preston to tell him that oh, his name is, and, and it wasn't. I don't think it was. I don't know. So I think it, it could have been someone who was. An aunt or something, you know, and um, you know, an aunt, I don't know, I don't know who it was, but who still don't know to this day. But someone rang up anyway the radio station to tell them that my name was was Kilbannon. From then on, it was it was reverted. Yeah, surely somebody should do that for Richard Keogh. Yeah, or Keogh. What about uh, Matt Doherty? Doherty or Doherty? Yeah, Doherty is 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 that somewhat acceptable? Is he? Because oh, it's a bit Scottish. I don't know. Doherty. Yeah, Doherty. Come on, there's, there's he should get some. Like, he should be getting on to the BBC. His people should be getting on to the BBC yeah. and correcting them. It's, it's funny some of the names, though, aren't they? I, I, you always get messages from from on Twitter about that. Can someone just 
tell people what Matt Doherty's name is. Can you say that? So yeah. Well, but I was you're there. But I was up today, and uh, when when uh, someone actually quite uh, quite was it an ex Irish international? I think it was. No, it might have been. Said that um, the place that I was in today, I was up in Drogheda today, and they said it was uh, Drogheda. So there you go. Where? On air. Uh, no, they used, to, they used to say that to me. Where'd you, where, where, I, made me, I made me international debut in, uh, in Drogheda. Where? Drogheda? Where was that played? Uh, what, Dr- Drogheda? So it was a bit like that, Oof, yeah. Wow, yeah. this could be part of a test for uh, Nathan Redmond and uh, <laughs> Will Keane, yeah. Declan Rice. Yeah, do you think? Pronunciations. Yeah, he's tough though, isn't he? Some, Drogheda. Drogheda, yeah. Bloody hell. Uh, haven't seen you since Monday and our great game. Yeah. It was enjoyable, wasn't it? Yeah, I've not listened to the commentary. Apparently, someone said you were scathing in the commentary second no, half. No, no, I was uh, honest. You, 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 I, just, I was missing you alongside me to give the actual analysis, but I was just uh, giving fair comment on uh, my colleagues and uh, and um, just their general level of performance. I was very upset that uh, I got a 1 out of 10 in the player ratings. Yeah, just because... Never a 1 out of 10. Ne- hey, thank you. Yeah. Never. Just because uh, Darren Cleary, who is... Uh, anti-male and was upset by me accusing him of being uh, putting out a pro-dub agenda on yeah. Monday morning. Uh, gave me a 1 out of 10. But, highlight of my career so far, spoke to the manager of the Dublin side earlier, John Giles, and got his assessment. I only got 1 out of 10. Go away. Was, who, was doing the ra- who was doing the rating? Uh, Darren Cleary, who was, the op- who was your goalkeeper, was doing, doing the ratings. Do you think he was a bit harsh on me there? Funny enough, he, he, he was telling me that he didn't really like you at all. <laughs> <laughs> That's the so dumpster. I, I think he was getting a go back at you there. I, I think he was. Yeah, so no, you'd agree it was very more hard. Than, more than one. Now you're one of the better players by a long way. Cut that up, lads. That's all I want. That'll do me. <laughs> one of their better players by a long way. Oh, you did well. I thought you did well, yeah. One out of ten. That's just. That was, that was well, some of the, I, I, I didn't see the ratings either, but I, I, I saw one or two of the lads getting frustra- frustrated and a bit upset. One or two of the lads getting a bit excited and tweeting a few of the, the, the bits from the highlight reels as well. Yeah, yeah. I was just showing my Cruyff turn. Did you do that as well? I did, yeah. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, no, oh, you let you. me it's down there. Maguire. Oh, no, yeah. you let yourself down there. Why? Got it. Well, I was getting, it was just after I got my one out of ten at the time. Was it? Yeah. So I couldn't accept that. So I saw one from Adrian Barry. I mean, it, it, it just the the performance from Adrian Barry the other night showed exactly why I uh, made a scathing attack on him on that Monday. Why? Because it was as bad his performance as I suggested on uh, on Monday when I was on the show. Wow! Talking about it, yeah. I can't play though, can he? He's not a football man. <laughs> Do you know what? And this is, in all honesty, so obviously, it, like generally, the standard was pretty shocking. Yeah. And. It was also impossible, as anyone who's played five-a-side indoors with an extremely bouncy ball well, did you on not, a very did, did tight Did you count pitch. the numbers? It was actually seven-a-side. It was se- Sorry, it was, yeah, it ended up in seven-a-side, <laughs> so there was no space. Even though at the time I was like, bloody hell, that first half was 100 miles an hour. <laughs> and when I watched it back, I was like, oh, I picked up the ball there and there was nobody within five yards of me. Yet still I was, ah, I get rid of it. But uh, it would have been far better outdoor in a full-size Astro pitch. Yep. But we, John Giles and Brian Kerr were the two managers. Yeah. Proper football men. Yeah. And before I was doing the post-match interview with them after the game, they were having a proper football man conversation yeah. about what had just happened. I know. They were deep, deep conversation about, oh, yeah, he, he did well, but he, he wasn't tracking back. Oh, he was getting caught out of position. I oh, was going forward and he wasn't running back. No, he's a tidy little yeah, player. Brian, he's, got, I, yeah, he's got a little was... bit about him. He's got a little bit about him. <laughs> I was like, this is, this is fantastic. Yeah, that's the... But they actually still care somehow. Uh, Sky saying Michi Bashawi has agreed terms with Crystal Palace. 
Stay in London. Stay in London. Did you see that? Did you see the report recently? All the, the wages that Palace are, play, are paying. I think they're about eighth in the Premier League, seventh in the Premier League, highest payers. Is there some sort of a what's that? Um, London, the people who work for the public sector, private sector, public sector in Britain get paid more if you live in London. I don't know. Palace. It surprised me. Palace is lords. Lord's Palace. Everton obviously quite high in it as well. Everton last week I saw that they re did released um, a lot of the figures from players that aren't in the team. So there was. Um, Ramirez, Sandro Ramirez, who's out on loan, can't remember exactly, he's on around about 100 grand a week. Sigurdsson, uh, not Sigurdsson, um, uh, Schneidlin, 120 grand a week. You know, players like this that Everton are, are, are paying huge money for, um, and it's it hasn't worked what they've done up to now, has it really, with the amount of money that they've been paying, not just transfer fees, but wages as well. Is that a good move for Crystal Palace? But shall we? They, they generally haven't played with a striker. Benteke has obviously been injured. They've sort of gone with Townsend and Zaha as a front the two. Palace get a lot of crosses into the box, mm. and Benteke's had missed a lot of chances. So, I, I think the, the, in general, they, at times they've played uh, Wilfred Zaha up front on his own, hasn't they? They played him as a nine, so you can get Zaha and Townsend out wide, tell them to get crosses into the penalty area. I think that's what that's why he needs. He needs two wingers, real, real proper wingers. And I, yeah, I, I don't think it's a bad move for him. Zaha got sent off last night yeah. against Southampton for sarcastically applauding yeah. the referee just after he'd been booked. Do you agree for with that? The referee has no choice yeah. when he sarcastically applauds him. I thought James Ward-Prowse got away with murder because if you watch the highlights on the BBC, he's on the side of the picture, then clapping the red card yeah. to Zaha. Like, Zaha gets kicked up and down the pitch in every game. Yeah. Every time you watch Palace. And it's understandable. He's got to respond at some stage. Yeah, or is it not? Should he be at a stage where... I don't know, you did, take it as a compliment. Uh, did you see? Uh, I was listening to it was Alan Shearer, wasn't it, and Jermaine Genius that were on. Even Gary Lineker was was um, talking about it as well last night. Were, it, that's happened. You've you've seen so many players for you know the last 20, 30 years of that type that continuously get kicked around the pitch. I, I don't know. It's it, it's just it's it's part of what happens. It's part of what happens. And there's been a lot better players than Wilfred Zaha that have got it and there have been a lot worse players than Wilfred Zaha that, that, that type of player that play inside mm. it's just you get it and so, it, Wilfred Zaha's he, temperament is, is a little different to a lot of other, a lot of the players that will be of, of his type I would think well, you think yeah. back to the game uh, earlier in the season I remember commentating on them against Everton up at Goodison Park when Everton scored a couple of late goals it seemed to be an extra level it wasn't just consistent fouling they were properly leaving the boot no, in he does on the get ankle it. he does get it he does a little get bit it. of afters but, but no, no, my point is there's a lot of players of that type that have got it for over the years or haven't they they have you know full well that he can make you look a fool mm. so you've almost got to try and nail him get close to him early that's that's the, the general feeling it would be from right fools when they're up against him get up against him quickly stop him playing and invariably like what are you going to do if you're a fullback and you get roasted by him what are you going to do next time out Milner did it didn't Milner got sent off of the mm. week it was there were two stupid fouls but Milner's just he's getting a bit of a a pounding, he's getting a bit of a roasting. What what's what's he going to do? He's experienced, he's not gonna be he doesn't want to become embarrassed. That's what in general happens. I played against lads exactly like that, would have done it to me regularly, like some muscat and people like this who have spoke about. He would literally he would just stand on you. He was a nasty one. Yeah, but he was but the players of that 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 time, there was so many fullbacks in the in the Premier League that would literally be going through you. Franny Benali was another one he used to play up against that that type of, of, of a fullback. Um you know, lads who you maybe not the Paul Telfer, another one, fullbacks that just actually they, they go through you. And uh, Alan Wright was another one, small lad, played for Villa. Mm. They, they, they would, because so was that they didn't have the skill set to defend properly? Or no, it was they, they were very good defensively, but they'd stop you. It was, it, was, it was actually quite clever the way they used to do it because they'd stop you 
out of an eye shot of the referee. They'd stop you before you get to it. Neville, Gary Neville was great at it. They'd stop you before... So the ball would be on the other side of the pitch and they foul you on the halfway line. Yeah, or that. And also, if the, if the ball's been transferred out to you, they'd, they'd run across you while the ball's been transferred out, knowing full well that next pass can only go to you. So they'd stop you in... They'd almost stop you in flow. And that, that would have happened regularly, yeah, when you were playing up against good fullbacks, yeah. We need one big deal between now and 10 o'clock. Quick break. We'll bring you through everything that's happening. Football on Off The Ball. Brought to you by the Boyle Sports app. Cash out and in-play betting available in the App Store and Google Play Store. Not worth much as a keeper, Kev. Johnny Ward, 45 million as a keeper. Kev worth 500k, probably, from Shane and Kildare. Oh, yeah, I, I would be a, the most awful keeper ever. I'm terrible. What, what, what sort of skill set are you lacking? Hands. Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> terrible in my hands, yeah. <laughs> That's been said to me in a lot, actually. Yeah, it has, yeah. Wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's one of those nights tonight, isn't it, to be fair? It all yeah. feels like one of those nights, and it's yeah. the problem. <laughs> it is known as London Waiting, yeah. says Jag and Mallow. It's an allowance paid to certain civil servants, teachers, airline employees, police and security officers in the capital of the United Kingdom, which is London. It's designed to help these workers with the cost of living in London, which is notoriously higher than the rest of the UK. Mm. Would they not have some sort of a Dublin waiting? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we should get a bit of that, shouldn't yeah, we? Yeah, definitely. I think that, that's a little campaign we could maybe launch. Yeah. Get a few more quid. Yeah. Yeah, JP be on board with that. Yeah, yeah I was like, what are you on about? <laughs> no. Uh, tomorrow night, we're going to be in Clonmel, previewing Cheltenham with a special Bulmers Road to Gold event in the Clonmel Park Hotel. And there is quite a lineup, Kev. Jerry Gilroy, Johnny Ward, Kate Harrington. Oh, yeah. David Brady. Oh, yes, the main man himself. ITV Racing's Ollie Bell. Yeah. Nina Carberry. Oof. Vogue Williams. Oh, that's just like, yeah, there's a... <laughs> yeah. Wow. And Barry Murphy from Upper Vat. Oh, that's he said the best to last. Yeah. They're all going to be there. Unbelievable. It's sold out, unfortunately. It's sold out pretty much immediately. But yeah. we're going to play some of the highlights on Saturday. That's a good lineup. The ball. It is the Bulmers Road to Gold event in the Clonmel Park Hotel on February 1st. If you can't go to that, we've got some pretty good stuff on the radio as well because Brian O'Driscoll and Keith Wood are going to be in studio ahead of the start of the Six Nations. Mm. Friday Night Racing, Jessica Harrington is going to be in studio alongside Johnny Ward and oh, John brilliant. Gillen. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, we've got a busy weekend coming up as well in the Premier League. I'm going to be with Mark Lawrenson at the Etihad on Sunday. Good Manchester game. City against Arsenal. Good game, actually. It'll be a good game. I'm at uh, Cardiff and Bournemouth on Saturday. Yeah, that's the, f- the first of Cardiff-Bournemouth 5.30 kick-off, yeah. So. What a win for Bournemouth last night. Yeah, it was. It was. Well, Cardiff put pressure on them, Cardiff, as well, isn't it? They apparently play well against Newcastle. I've mm. saw bits of the highlights of it. So, yeah, I'll watch that back and see how it goes. Uh, we'll have reporters, as always, at all the games on Saturday, so you won't miss anything from uh, those matches. Uh, it's a double-header as well on Sunday. Stephen Doyle and Andy Reid are going to be at the King Power. Leicester against Man- Manchester United, that's at five past two. The City Arsenal game is at half four, so we're going to be on air till seven o'clock. Obviously a huge week for Manchester City. They play Arsenal, Everton and Chelsea in the space of seven days. Yeah, well, the Everton one had to be changed, didn't it? The FA Cup one thrown in there so was, uh, with the FA Cup and Carabao Cup game. So that's uh, that's massive for them, isn't it? That is huge, put pressure. But uh, as I was saying last night, the league's over anyway, isn't it now? So that's it. It's done. Dusted, you feel? It's, oh, it's, it's done. In the, it's in done. the bag for Liverpool. It's, it's, it's done. You're booked in for the... Uh, the open top bus tour and everything? Get a front row seat? Uh, uh, no, but um, I just, yeah, it's done, yeah, it's done. Liverpool oh, nice. League, yeah. That's, that's, the, uh, that's the news. The breaking news. We need it one more time. Coventry City 
have signed Ireland's David Myler on loan until the end of the season. Hey, really? Yes. A surprise. Why? He hadn't been playing for Reading. Yeah, I know, but it's a surprise. Very surprised. Well, uh, uh, league, league one, they're only one, aren't they? Yeah. I've um, never seen Kevin Cabad so shocked by anything in life. We've got to go, Kev. Yeah. David Myler's going to Coventry. Oh, yeah, good, good move for him. Yeah, All right, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Good luck. Football on Off The Ball. Brought to you by the Boyle Sports app. Cash out and in-play betting available in the App Store and Google Play Store. <laughs>